Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another amazing episode of Let's Talk 1943. I'm your host, Regina Smith, as well as my co-host, Carla Morgan. And we got a special guest today who's going to talk about something that we all know about on this panel, <laughs> divorce. So we have Leah Marie Mazur that's going to be talking about um, divorce and divorce recovery. So y'all ready? Let's talk. Welcome back. Welcome back to Let's Talk 1943. So as I said before, we are going to be talking about divorce. So let me just do my official um, introduction for Leah. Leah is a certified divorce recovery coach for women, and she's the founder of Mindful Ready LLC, as she specializes in helping women recover and build after divorce through one-on-one coaching sessions while providing a safe, judgment-free community for women to experience divorce in her in her private Facebook group divorce and empower so welcome leah thank you thanks for having me yes great i can't wait to get in here so before we get started we'll go ahead and like i always do do a prayer before we get started on my show if you don't mind just give me a second lord heavenly father thank you so much for allowing us to be here on this great platform and to have this great um guest to be able to talk about something that we do need to cover in divorce and hopefully be able to help others to get over, recover, and move on with their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, Leah, we got a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> between, yeah, between the three of us, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh, we got a lot to talk about. So let's start with just your why. Just kind of give us a little background what made you become a, a, a divorce recovery coach. Yeah. So when I was 16, I witnessed my mom have an asthma attack in our home and pass away. She was only 41. And then five years later, my dad died of pancreatic cancer. And I'm an only child. And then between we those two losses, are you? And then between those two losses, I was in a really abusive relationship with a narcissist. So there was a lot of trauma in a five-year span. So by the time I was 21 years old, I had gone through all of that. And I was just kind of on my own in the world trying to figure out how this thing called life works. And I didn't know it at the time, but I had really deep abandonment issues from from those losses and from that abusive relationship and so i really became a serial monogamist for years i hopped from one relationship to the next because i just didn't know how to be alone and by the time i was going through my second divorce that was really my wake-up call that was like my aha moment when i was like okay leah you can't keep doing this like you need to do something differently and so i i faced my fear of being alone and completely invested in building my self-confidence, getting to know myself, healing. Um, and I did all the things like the, you know, journaling, gratitude practice, meditation, therapy, like all everything and was able to get myself to a really, really good place. And so then I could basically take all of the most effective tools and strategies that I used in my own recovery and create a path for other women. And so now I guide other women through their own divorce recovery and I can help them through it faster because they can kind of skip all the trial and error or make the mistakes I did uh, when I went through my first divorce and maybe I can save them from a second one. So, so that's kind of how, how it all came about. Wow. You, you, you should, you, I don't know if you noticed me and Carla's faces when you were doing <laughs> yeah. the yeah. same exact stuff. Like, Really? We both were raised only children. We both had these issues. We both, mm -hmm. you know, now I guess because we out of divorce and we kind of can look back and say, Dag, that was me. I did do that. I was that yeah. person. Carla, right. that's what you were thinking? Yes. And then when you brought up the narcissistic spouse, yeah, I, I was, that was my story as well. So I can wow. definitely relate. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's rough. And then, so, you know, I mean, when you come out of a relationship like that, you're totally... You mm -hmm. feel broken, right? You don't you right. know who you are. Your self-esteem is completely down the toilet. Um, mm -hmm. You really lose all sense of self. And so it, it does. It takes a lot of work to to regain yourself again and figure yourself out and, and learn to love yourself and accept yourself. And it's a whole it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. So let's OK, so let's say we let's go through the steps. So let's say we had a point now we had in a relationship. 
a lot of us kind of stay in a relationship a little longer than what we need to be because we're scared of that being a loan factor and we're scared mm-hmm. of being known as being a failure you know mm-hmm. because a lot of us go into marriage like we won this trophy like yes we won we got married we, we somebody wanted me somebody wants to be with me because the way the world is structured they feel that you need you know if you don't have no one it's kind of like oh so 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 sad but if you have mm-hmm. someone that means you won so imagine when you think you won something and now you got to release that trophy and go back into the world of singleness so what where are you at right then at that point when you're in a relationship and you know you need to leave but you're so worried about all the other things what would you give advice with that mm-hmm. well first thing is get support because divorce can be really really isolating you know and i'm sure you know with from your own mm-hmm. experience it's really uncommon to be going through a divorce and have someone who you're close to in your life also going through a divorce at the same time like that's pretty rare so you're mm-hmm. usually doing it alone um so get support you know do things like whether you need a therapist or a coach, depending on what you're bumping up against. Um, and then also groups, there's there's Facebook groups available, there's um, support groups available, especially when you can connect with other women who get it, like who are going through the same thing, who have the same fears, who have the same questions. Um, and that can really make a big difference to help you, to, to guide you through and make you feel a little bit less afraid. Yeah, so yeah, Carl, you have anything? Uh, no, I, I agree. I agree. When I was going through my thing, I didn't, I leaned on Regina a little bit. I told mm-hmm. her the whole, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when I was going through it, cause I knew she went through it years prior to me and she was in my mm-hmm. wedding. Mm-hmm. So she knew us very well. And, um, you know, so she was shocked when it happened the way it did. She, cause I didn't tell her all everything that was going on. When you're in your marriage, you get encapsulated. Of course, you don't share all of the details of what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I finally came out, I was like, this is it. I'm done. I'm over it. You know, she was like, what happened? I was you like, know? what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, what's going on? And I just went through, it spilled it to her. And I also, um, looked into getting a therapist, which I did. And then I also was on YouTube a lot. There was a lot, mm. like, I didn't even know how I came across narcissism. I didn't even know what it was until- Same. I found, yeah, I found a, 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 a guy talking about narcissists on YouTube and bringing down the characteristics. And I was like, that's exactly, and this was in the middle of the night, I woke up out of my sleep and it was like, I couldn't sleep. I turned on YouTube and I, and I t- he just came across, I think that was God, you know, like this mm-hmm. is what you were dealing with, you know, like mm-hmm. you're not crazy. All of the characteristics mm-hmm. listing as far as narcissism, that's what I experienced in my marriage. And I was just like, oh my God, yeah. that's it, you know, didn't know what at yeah. the time. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, so I wasn't married to a narcissist. I have, I have, I have two ex-husbands, but the relationship I was in was about five years, and I had no idea what narcissism was until later on. And then in retrospect, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, he did all of these things. This is exactly what was happening: the gaslighting, the manipulation, right? Like all mm. of it. Yes. And and it's like interesting, Carla. At least in my experience, the reason I didn't really tell people about what I was going through at the time is because I needed to get to the place where I could receive the feedback of like, you need to get out of that relationship. That's not healthy. Right. So I didn't tell people Mm. that he was cheating on me, lying to me, abusing me. Like I I kept all of that in until afterwards. And then people were like, Oh my God, I had no idea. I had no idea that it was that bad. I had no idea he was doing these things because I knew that they would tell me that that wasn't good and I would need to go and I just wasn't ready to go yet. Right. You have to like get, get to the point to mm-hmm. where you can feel like, okay, I'm done. I need to, I need to figure out how to get out of this. And that yeah. makes a lot of sense too, because mm-hmm. even like using call as example, mm-hmm. you have to be in a, in a position to be able to hear and you have to be in a position to be able to say, because you're kind of in it in a moment you don't really know like you're trying to figure it out yourself you know because yeah. yeah. you know you get married it's told that you need to try to stay married yeah. you know you're going to go through hard times it's going to be bad it's going to be good you know richer mm-hmm. and worse it's and worse so you got all that in your head because you want to take it seriously you want to take your mm-hmm. marriage seriously every little yeah. thing you don't want to just give up on it right so mm-hmm. you're thinking it's maybe something that you got to go through in a marriage like you don't mm-hmm. know where's the line mm-hmm. where's right. the line? you don't know your line because wow. you just taught, make it work, <laughs> you know. Right. Well, for us, our parents are married like for decades. 
Yeah. You know, my parents have still been married if he didn't pass away. You know, they were married for almost 50 years before mm-hmm. he passed away. Wow. So most of my aunts are still married to their high school sweethearts. That's Divorce right. is not a big thing in our family. So mm-hmm. when you get to a point of knowing when to call it, like, let me tap out. I'm done. I can't do this mm-hmm. no more. Yeah. So like, what, what would you say to someone when they come to you? Do people come to you before they get divorced or on what? the brink of divorce or they come to it's- you right after? Mm-hmm. Mostly when they're going through it or afterwards. I have had women come to me where they really just needed a sounding board to basically validate how they were feeling or what they're going mm-hmm. through and almost give them permission to do the thing that they kind of felt like they knew they should do, do, but they needed to hear an objective viewpoint on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing, Regina, kind of like you said before, that's why people stay re- really longer than they should because they feel like. I can't give up. I have to try everything. I have to do Mm -hmm. everything. And you can't, you feel like you don't want to quit, right? You don't want to give up or throw in the towel. But what's interesting is that one of the most common regrets from the women that I talk to afterwards is I should have done it sooner. I should have left sooner. And you never know until you know, right? That's always the case. You never know till you know. Yeah. Even when you talk to people, like you said, you need that support. So let's say you're at that point, you need that support. That support, you got to be careful with the support side too, because everybody, um, how can you, well, I guess I'm just telling the truth. Everybody is not for you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like everybody's not for you. And there's people who are for you that's going to say, listen, I don't like you being abused like this. You need to come, you know, you really need to think about coming out of this. And they really intentionally want the best for you. And there's right. some people who want you to come out because they just want you to come back to the single life with them or they feel like, you know, misery likes mm-hmm. company sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yes. like, girl, girl, he ain't no good. Get me, come on, girl, you need to leave him alone. But is it for them? Is it for you? Right. Yes. They're kind of confused with that sometimes because uh-huh. you, yeah. your thing is not really all there as it is because you're going through a lot. That's so draining. Divorce yeah. is very draining. Mm-hmm. Very, very. It's yeah. one of the hardest things you can experience. If you Google what is the most difficult thing a human can experience, divorce is always in the top five. It's actually right under death of a loved one. It's mm-hmm. it's very difficult. And, and you're right. You have to be really careful who you're talking to. And that's why a therapist, a, a therapist or a coach can be really good because it's objective. They're not yeah. invested. Yeah. They're not emotionally invested. They're not involved in your life. They're not getting anything out of whatever decision you're making. So right. they can really give you good advice. But even mm-hmm. that, you do still want to pick people that feel good to you. You know, I've been in therapy. I love therapy. I feel like mm-hmm. everybody needs a therapist at least once I, in their life. I said, um, the, same, I said the same thing, Leah. <laughs> it's great. And so I've had several therapists throughout my life just because I lost my parents so young and you know all the things. But mm-hmm. sometimes I, I did have a therapist that I just didn't like or I felt like I really wasn't getting out of it what I wanted. And so sometimes mm-hmm. you got to shop around. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, don't be discouraged. It's almost like finding a doctor that you like, like a gyno. You know, if you if you go to a doctor's appointment with a new gyno and you're just really not vibing or you just don't feel comfortable, just go try to try a new one. Same thing with, with therapists or coaches. Mm-hmm. You got to find mm-hmm. one that resonates with you, one that you yeah. feel like, understands you hears you and gives you the kind of guidance that you really need right so what do you recommend a woman to do to focus on when they going through the divorce like what do they need to focus on themselves because (laughs) yeah because and you know as women at a very young age we're taught that we are the caretakers we're here to serve 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 take care of everyone else sacrifice make sure everyone's happy right So Mm -hmm. it can be really uncomfortable to Mm -hmm. then go, well, no, I can make myself a priority. That's okay. That's not being selfish, right? Like that's a Mm -hmm. whole different narrative that a lot of us aren't used to having. And you really have to focus on yourself because it is so stressful and it is such a huge life transition. If you're not taking care of yourself, it's just Mm going to be harder. It's just going to make things even worse. So it's doing things like making sure you're getting enough sleep. And that sounds like such a simple thing, but you would be shocked at how many people overlook that. How many clients Mm -hmm. I've had who just accept the fact that they sleep like crap, right? They're like, oh no, I'm just not a good sleeper. It's like, well, then we need to work on that because that affects Mm -hmm. everything. Like if you want to be trying to regulate your emotions and and um, be have better focus and feel better and 
you mm-hmm. need to sleep, right? And so things yeah. like that, making sure that you're setting time aside for yourself to ground yourself, center yourself. A lot of times with a divorce, especially if you're a mother, you've got a lot you're juggling. And so you have to be able to set some time in your day to just exist, right? To not be thinking about this or worrying about this or doing this or cooking or homework or whatever. And just center yourself, ground yourself, whether that's just taking a walk in nature, whether that's just sitting down for five or 10 minutes and just breathing or listening to some kind of like guided meditation or doing your journaling or having a gratitude practice. Um, And that's another really good thing too, a gratitude practice, because that will help you put things in perspective. When you're Mm -hmm. going through a divorce, it's easy to focus on all of the things that you're losing. And so that can really put you in a lack mentality. So Mm -hmm. if you want to feel better, then you want to focus on all of the things you still have, all of the abundance that's still around you. And a gratitude practice can cultivate that to help keep those things in perspective. That is a good point. Uh We do focus on the lack when you're going through because you feel you're losing and it's like a a death, you know? you're losing so it's like oh i'm losing this i'm losing that i'm losing that everything you're not gonna have but how much are you gonna get from being divorced like your yes yes is amazing thing it is amazing people it's underestimated peace is amazing how you are when you come home and just sit still and hear nothing Mm -hmm. no arguing no disagreements no mess just you and just hearing nothing it's an amazing thing yeah you have a you have a great point with that so what about um when you're recovering you a lot of people don't want to be alone but it's not being alone i think it just lonely and being alone are two different things to me Mm -hmm. so what can you tell a person who just got divorced or thinking about getting divorced Mm -hmm. and the lonely part. (laughs) Yeah. So, and that was my biggest struggle. And that's why I wound up with divorce number two, because I was just so afraid of being alone. And so I settled Mm -hmm. and completely settled in my second marriage. And so there's a few things that you can do. One is nurture the relationships that you do have, whether that's your friends or your family, or whether you have some coworkers that you really like, you know, you're not alone, right? You're not like walking around on the planet all by yourself. You do have people (laughs) So nurture those relationships. Another good thing is like you said, Regina, is focus on the benefits of being alone. Mm-hmm. Find that silver lining. Like what's, you get the bed all to yourself. You don't mm-hmm. have to clean up after anybody else, right? right? Like you get to go as you please, come and go as you please and not answer to anyone. Spend mm-hmm. your money how you want, save mm-hmm. your money how you want, go where you want, right? There's a lot of benefits. So focusing on that instead of the lack. Right. Another thing you can do, which it's a great time to do this, but especially when you're going through a divorce because you're trying to kind of find your identity again, is get some kind of creative outlet. And that could be anything. Like what's something that you've been interested in, but maybe never pursued or something you used to love and then just stop doing it. Like go to that dance class or pick up that camera and do the photography. You know, yeah. what what kinds of things, a creative outlet Mm-hmm. Are you interested in like, try it all, like try yeah. all kinds of things, explore, discover. That's how you really get to know yourself and you find fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing that I love to suggest to people, and this kind of goes back to keeping things in perspective is if you can volunteer. Um, when I was going through my second divorce, a couple mm-hmm. girlfriends and I had gone downtown to a food shelter to volunteer and when I came home that day, I was just so grateful. Like my bed was never so comfortable. I was Mm -hmm. just so grateful for the lights in my house, for the food in my refrigerator for just, right. It's like you, there's so many things we take for granted. Mm -hmm. And so when you can help others, not only does that just make you feel good, Mm -hmm. but it puts things in perspective. Again, it gets you out of that lack mindset and puts you in the abundant mindset. Like I still have all of this thing, all of these things to be so grateful for. Um, And another thing, I mean, I've got all kinds of things is, um, (laughs) is be really, really careful about your social media. If you're, if you're feeling lonely, (laughs) be very careful. You may need to do a little social media (laughs) detox because what is social media, right? Like we're looking at Instagram. It's everybody's shiny, happy pictures of their perfect little lives. 
And mm-hmm. even though we know that all of that isn't real, of it course. can really hurt. Like when we're seeing all, oh, look at this perfect family or look at how happy or look at how skinny or whatever. Right. So you have to be so mindful mm-hmm. of what you're consuming and how it's making you feel. When you're scrolling your feed, is it right. uplifting you? Is Are you laughing? Is it making you feel good and hopeful? Or yeah. is it making you feel like crap about you yourself or where you are in your life? Like those, all of those things really matter. Mm-hmm. There's so many things I need to unfold. Okay, let's go back. What you said, definitely, that makes sense. When my experience, when I came out of my marriage, um, I realized that I lost myself. I didn't know who I was. I lost my identity and what who I was. I was so consumed in about being, like you said, the server and, and, and being the wife and everything that I forgot what I liked and what I needed. And, and so I had to relearn myself again. I used to go shopping, all the snacks and stuff were for him and I'd nibble on a little bit of his stuff, but those weren't necessarily things that I liked. So when he was gone, it was like, okay, what do I like? I went to the supermarket yeah. and I was like, I don't even know what snacks I like anymore. I had to re get reacquainted with Carla again, or at yeah. least a new version now, because I was with mm-hmm. him, you know, I was in the relationship for 11 years, but married for six and a half. So it was just like, you know. Yeah, who am I? Who's Carla? Yeah, yeah. What you say resonates because it's like you have to just do things, Mm -hmm. discover, you know, creative things, go Mm -hmm. out, you know, and and figure out what you like. And all that's how it was for me. I had to rebuild myself again. It was crazy. Yeah, good point. Yeah, and well, it's kind of amazing because you never think that you will ever get to that point. But I think where it goes wrong is the way we were taught yes. how to be in a marriage and how we were taught how to have a boyfriend, how we were taught how to deal with ourselves. It starts all the way back to childhood. It don't just start mm-hmm. when you get married because yep. we already got our little formed already by the time yeah. we get to that point. Because That's we wouldn't right. even marry the people we married if we knew who we were from the giddy up. Because yeah. we have, right now, at this moment, me and Carl, I could, I could put our lives on it. We would not marry the people we are married if we knew who we were. No. So that's where it really stems from. And that's why I yes. always try to talk. This platform that we're on today, Leah, is why we decided to do this. It's because we want people to know, like, learn you first. Yeah. Don't date. Don't, don't do nothing until you mm-hmm. learn who you are. Because yeah. the decisions you make is based on what you think you are. And right. a lot of us don't value ourselves from the beginning. We think we do. We yeah. call love going to the store and buying a purse or buying some shoes. That's not love. That's just you covering up the fact that you don't love yourself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we got to go a lot of digging. And that's why we yeah. all get to these points that we are in our lives. Like you had trauma. I had trauma. Mm-hmm. Carla had trauma. We Usually it comes from something. Yes. yes. Yeah. And... Yes. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, people ask me all the time, well, why do you think so many people get divorced like why are their divorce rates high and mm-hmm. but that's why is because well let's go back to why we got married to begin with mm-hmm. right let who, who who knows that much about yourself in your 20s i did it mm-hmm. I, I didn't know i didn't know really what i needed to know about myself in my 20s i didn't right. really know what kind of questions are we really asking our potential partners in our mm-hmm. 20s are we saying what what's your love language what's your parenting style how much debt do you have what's your credit score right like right you know there are things that become the issue that mm-hmm. we aren't asking or addressing in the beginning of the relationship we're choosing the wrong partners for the wrong reasons exactly. and that's really mm-hmm. where a lot of this comes from Yes, you hit it right yeah. on it. Like I, I always tell people, this is what I ask now. Mm-hmm. What are your intentions with me? Mm. Yeah. What is your intention? Yes. And they go, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> because right. you're supposed to know, you actually either know it, you don't want to tell me it. Right. Or you just like, oh, I just, that's throwing it, hitting the wall. Go with the flow. Yeah, I'll go to the floor. I hope it sticks. Yeah, we're expecting yeah. that, right? So then we mm-hmm. get into these marriages and we wonder why they don't work, right? Because they just stumbled into you. They just stumbled into yes. the marriage. They just they mm-hmm. have they didn't have no root, no ground to say, listen, I want us to intentionally date because I am looking for marriage and I'm looking for someone that I want to be with for long term. Let's go through the process. Let's be friends. Let's figure this mm-hmm. thing out. But my intentions is to be married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When right. people just oh, let's let's just see how it goes. 
You're mm-hmm. gonna, you gonna get that. This is what you're gonna get. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, dating. Well, let's just see. You know, we just have, you know, we're getting to know each other. Let's not, let's just see how it goes. Let's go with yeah. the flow. Yeah, and, and that means yeah. a person who don't know who they want because they don't know who they are either. Because when right. a person knows who they are, they know how to be confident and to tell you what they want. Yeah, that's right but that's there. so so great mm-hmm. that you know yourself enough, Regina, to, to know that you have to ask that question. That's yeah. where it starts. Is I you like you know it's important to you to mm-hmm. know their intention. So right. until you knew that about yourself, you wouldn't have ever known to ask that question. And that's so the whole point. I did. You did the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did the I work. I didn't. Right. I used to go, I don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to rock the boat. If he likes me, just leave it alone. I don't want to rock the boat. Let's just let it go. And then I'll let him take the lead. And then we'll figure this out later. That's how I used that's to right. do it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got in trouble at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've asked my group of women um, in my Facebook group, I asked why... Uh, what were the biggest reasons you got married? And so in retrospect, you know, it's a lot easier to really understand. And a lot of it was um, either, well, I got pregnant, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Peer pressure from family or friends, religion, Mm -hmm. or I, we were together for this certain amount of time and that just felt like the next natural step. And so think about how many millions of, of people are probably getting married for those reasons, uh-huh. right? And, and and love, and love was the other big one. Uh-huh. But love is not enough. And I know you you ladies uh-huh. know this too, like love yeah. is not the only it ingredient no that a successful enough. marriage does make. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's a lot involved. You have to know what questions to ask. And, and in order to do that, you have to know what you need first, what you yeah. want first. And so if we think mm-hmm. about why, why people are getting divorced, we really have to go back to, well, why do you think you got married to begin with? And then that's how you can break those patterns and not repeat the same mistakes. And that's also mm-hmm. how you shed some of that guilt because right. man, women love to feel so guilty about yeah. their divorce, especially if they're moms and they, and they have children involved. They just feel they carry so much guilt and shame and feelings of failure. But mm-hmm. if you're honest with yourself about who you were then when you made that choice, there's no reason to feel guilty, right? You did what the best you could with what you knew at the time. That's and then right. you grow and you evolve and you learn and then you make different choices. That's no right. good marriage ends in divorce. If your marriage is good, you're going to stay in it. So there's you know, there's no there shouldn't be guilt for leaving a a marriage that ran its course, right? If anything, staying in a marriage that isn't good for you, that's the bad that choice, thing. not leaving yeah. one. Uh-huh. But, but Leah, let me ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we worrying about to feel guilty for? Like, we feel guilty for what? To who? Like, yeah, that's only one person I know is God up in here. That's the only person I know. Where, who else yeah. is the God? It's in societal here? pressures, and it's like your family. For me, it was societal, and it was my parents wanting to make sure that you know, because I was a certain age when I got married, and I was like, I want to have kids, and I want to make my parents grandparents. I was living through yeah. what expectation it was. Mm-hmm. You so know? you felt like you let a lot of people down. Yeah, if I right, exactly. I need to get married. Yeah. I need to have this family when. At the end of the day, knowing myself now, that's not really what I wanted. In my core, really, the way I'm built, the way I who I am, it's not really my thing. It's really yeah. not. I just was doing that, you know, to appease a societal yeah. to know at a certain age you get married. And all that, you know, you should be having think about having kids. I'm an only mm-hmm. child, so my parents don't have grandkids, you know, and all of this stuff. So then mm-hmm. when that, you know, so when the relationship is in and you feel a certain amount of guilt. Like, yeah, I didn't you do. That. I didn't make yeah. grandparents, you know, that's, you know, but you have to live your life for you. You're here on this planet for absolutely and make and go through a journey. It's not about going to kind of norm or right. yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Why are we concerned about when you feel guilty? There's something that somebody's like pointing that judgment at you. That's why you feel guilty. But how's that person doing that? Who are they? They have their own mishaps, their own um, things that's wrong with them too. I think yeah. if we if we change our mindset to realize that everybody's on the same playing field. Nobody's right. better than no one else. They may don't have your problem, but they do have a problem. 
No right. one is perfect. So we mm-hmm. kind of see it that way when we take these people comments and their suggestions. We're not taking it like that heavy because we right. know, okay, I know that's how you feel, but I don't agree with that. I don't believe right. that. That's not what I feel. If you know that, then you shouldn't feel guilty because you should know yeah. already going into it that they just give me suggestions. That's all it is. Right. But it takes practice to get there too, Regina. I mean, like if you're a people pleaser, like I'm definitely a recovering people pleaser. So (laughs) setting boundaries is, was really uncomfortable. And so you grow up, you want, you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want, like you said, I didn't want to rock the boat. I I didn't want to rock the boat. That's how it went. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so you have that pressure on yourself is, is trying to make everyone else happy or living up, like Carla said, to other people's expectations of you mm-hmm. or what your choices are. And so it takes mm-hmm. practice setting mm-hmm. those boundaries and, and standing up for yourself and believing right. that what you want is valid and how you feel is valid, regardless if, if someone else agrees with you or not, or supports your choice or not, you have to be able to be confident in yourself and your own decisions. Yeah, right. and that's what doing your work is. Carla, if you don't yes. mind, we have a couple comments. We want to go ahead and... Um, just to, Yeah, she just uh, Sharice Canton said yes. And she said, <laughs> how can we get this message to our young people? Welcome, Sharice, to the show. Thank you. Yes, Sharice, that's yeah. a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say you got to set the example. You have to set the, you, you know, lead from the front. And that's another thing that I talk to my clients about when they feel really guilty about leaving a marriage because of their children, right? They feel bad for their kids, but it's like, no, you're showing your children that your needs matter, that you value yourself, that your happiness is important. And that's what they're learning. They're learning that it's okay to prioritize yourself. It's okay mm-hmm. to leave a relationship that's not serving you anymore. So we we ourselves, by doing the work, we set that example for that younger generation so that they can feel empowered to make the same choices and not people please or start a relationship for the wrong reasons or stay in a relationship for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Well, a lot nowadays from all these studies now, these young be Gen Zers and Xs or whatever the heck. No, the Gen Y. Yeah, yeah, Gen Zs. Now they're not they're they're not getting married. They're not yeah. settling. The women, they're just like doing their own. That's a whole nother. <laughs> uh, yeah, show. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. Like, yeah, I mean because we have apps. to. Yes, and it's wonderful because that's mm-hmm. what we have to remember. Like. We haven't had this kind of uh, opportunity forever, right? I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago where women had to get married. They couldn't, they couldn't vote. They couldn't get a job. They couldn't get a credit card. They couldn't get a loan on their own property. I mean, there were so many things that they didn't have the right to do. They needed a husband basically to survive. Right. That's not this world anymore. Now we we don't need them. That's great, right? Like if we're not happy, we don't need you. We got our own job. We can get our own house. We can do our own things. And so mm-hmm. I think that's another reason why people and and really, I wonder what the, I forgot what the percentage is, but it's something like high, like 80, 80-ish percent of the time women are the ones that initiate a divorce. That's why, yeah. because we don't have to stay anymore because mm-hmm. if we, if we're not happy, we don't need you. We can go make right. ourselves happy. We can make right. ourselves fulfilled. We can buy our own things or go on vacation or take ourselves out on dates, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. so important to to empower yourself to feel like you don't need a relationship to be happy. Mm-hmm. You can want one, but you don't need one. Yeah, that's right. it. I want to say that. You want, but you don't need. I believe mm-hmm. in, have been in a relationship is a wonderful thing. Marriage is a beautiful, beautiful entity. Like, the shell of marriage is beautiful. It's what you do with the shell is what makes it what it is. Like the, the actual definition of marriage and what it stands for and all that is is a great thing. And I would love to be married again. I would. But it has to be in the premises of of knowing who I am. And you need to know who you are. And we need to be able to be in, united and still be our own people. You know what yes. I'm saying? So it has to be a good chemistry and a good like formula there for that yes. to happen. And like even what Sharice said, um, and uh, thank you for the comments, Sharice, um, how to get the message out to young people. I really am working on something that I want to do uh, either a conference or do some kind of something to get out there. So younger people, like a panel of younger people or something and kind of talk to them because there's one side is like what Carla said, the the, the Z's the Z's are doing their thing. 
but there's still young ladies out there that's listening to all these rap videos, all these, you know, music and all these movies and talk about getting a bag and you do this and this is how it goes. And, and it's not, it's not y'all. It's just, it's, it's, they're getting their money. That's all they're doing. Yeah. And half of the people that's rapping about this stuff are married with kids. Right. Right. So don't get them twisted when you see them up there doing all this craziness and showing everything. And, you know, you're thinking that's what their life is about. When they get home, they take all that off because you give them their money and they go home with their husband and their kids and they do their thing. Like, so don't get wrapped up. So I just want to kind of like let younger people know that this is just an illusion. Mm-hmm. And you said something about social media. If you're in a place in your life that social media is a problem with you, you need to go in there and take the stuff off of your feed. If you know you can't handle seeing um, married couples being happy at the moment, right. or you do, like go in there and adjust your feed that, and start going into people that like inspirational stuff, gratefulness yeah. um, pages. There's a lot of pages that have gratefulness. They have quotes all day for you to read. Like yeah. go in there and fix it so you only see the good stuff. To yeah, right. Together and get yourself built up to come back to the regular world. Absolutely, like, that that's mm-hmm. something you can do. Yeah, especially yeah. around the holidays, like you know, when when you are coming out of a divorce or you're feeling mm-hmm. lonely, that could be a really hard time to be scrolling the feed because everybody's posting all of their family pictures and things like that. Um, so that's that's wonderful advice. Yes, to just maybe. Mm-hmm. You should see the jokes. Stay off. Yes, either stay off. Yeah, or like things that are inspirational, things that are funny, things that make you feel good, things that you are learning from, Mm -hmm. right? You have to be really careful of what you're consuming. And I always wondered that. Like, you could go in there and change it. Just like you you have them on there, you could just mute them for a while. Like, do it like a three-month That's what I do. I have so many people on mute. It's not... (laughs) (laughs) Do what you gotta do. You I'd be like, you know, for your there's something ignorant on, and I'd just be like, you know what? <laughs> I cannot. I can't yeah. consume yeah. that. So make yeah. a preservation on social media more pleasurable. I'm muting you and a few others. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's really important, you know, because like you said, that's that, you know, you always see relationship goals and and a lot of times it's good. It's good to see happy, great people because you want to make sure they're out there. You know, it's good to see them. Mm-hmm. But if you going to base your life on what they do, it's like mm-hmm. your life and your relationship going to be totally different than what they're doing. Like that's their relationship goals. It doesn't that's mean right. it's going to be your goals. So sometimes we try to live up to people's social media pages. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. think about that, Leah? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like you said, Regina, it's an illusion because it's true. Because let's think about this. How many times, and this kind of happened with you, Carla, how many times does somebody announce that they're getting divorced and and people are like, well, you guys look so happy. Like what happened? What do you mean? Right? Like we see these shiny, happy images, but we really have no idea what's going on behind closed doors and what is really, how they really feel or how they're really talking to each other. And so we can see those images and think, oh, they look so perfect. Why don't I have that? But again, so much of it is an illusion. You don't want it. You don't want it. Because I, I had that issue when I was, you know, going before I went through my um my thing last couple of years. I used to put people on pedestals based on, you know, how they look or, you know, you think somebody looked a certain way, they got it together. They got it, you know, or you think they got it made or you see a couple and you're like, oh, they look so good together. It's like you think that's enough. Like they look good together. Doesn't yeah. mean they go home and they just do like this, like they just don't get into anything they argue just like everybody else you know that right they don't mm-hmm. care what they look like when they argument like it's not like yeah. oh you're this you look so good i can't argue with you like it doesn't go that way you know mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. was my perception that was going on in my head i thought that that's how it was and then i really woke up I was like wait a minute that has nothing to do with none of this mm-hmm. but see we yeah. kind of think differently about different things i could look at a picture we all three could and we'll get different perception of how the picture is yes but, Right. Yes. But, but we think that everybody think the way we think, but that's not true. Right. No, you're right. Everybody is functioning at a completely different level. And I mean, that's a whole thing you could dive into too, especially when you're dating, you know, 
you can't have expectations of others. Like you, people enter relationships thinking that they can almost mold people to be what they want them to be. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, maybe in time, maybe when we get married, then he'll stop going out so much, or then he'll spend more time with me, or then he'll do that, right? Like maybe it's like the, the potential of somebody. Mm -hmm. But we have to really look at the truth. Like what are the facts? What are their actions? What are they actually showing me? Um, and that is so important because we can, we can think that people think like us, like, yep. you know, we expect people mm -hmm. to be on the same level, but when, when you really accept yourself for who you are, it's easier to accept others for who they are and not, not be shocked when they don't see things the way you do, or when they mm -hmm. don't uh, behave or respond in the same way you do, right? You can just kind of see that for what that is like, well, you're just being you at your level and I'm just being me at my level and it's either aligned or it's not. Yeah. Right. Right. That's true. I guess being a people pleaser, um, you try to please others. You're not really thinking about that. I think that we kind of overlook that when you pleasing mm -hmm. someone, you're just trying to please on their level and you're not even questioning what you like and what you don't like. Right. 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 Because right. everybody's different. We're all shaped from our childhood. Everyone's just a big pile of patterns walking around. Right. And mm -hmm. so it starts from when you're born and who you're with and what happens to you when you're a child and what happened to you in school and right. Like all of these things mold you. And that is what creates your entire perception of the world. I mean, the way you show up in the world, the way you see things is, is solely based on your patterns and your behaviors as you've grown up. And that's why it also takes work to change those, like to shift your beliefs mm -hmm. or to challenge your own beliefs or your values or your perspective or that narrative in your, in your brain. It takes mm -hmm. time because really a lot of times we're just kind of on autopilot, right? We don't yes, like we stop for a second and really ask ourselves, well, why do I feel that way? Why did that trigger me? Yeah. Where is this coming from? Oh, you hit that right there. I always say autopilot. I think that a lot of us live off or live on that, like literally autopilot. We do the same yeah. things over and over again. And we never ask And like, even I'll use Carla again. Carla got some good examples, how she had to kind of go back and go look at her life and go, wait a minute, what do I like? Yeah. What do I mean? Mm -hmm. simple, simple task of learning to like a snack. Yeah. You never right. that, that, you know, like, I don't know what I like to eat. So think about it. So you got to learn yourself and relearn yourself. So when you get to that point, you got to have to sit still like, wait a minute, why I don't like what I like? Like, why I don't know? Why I don't know this? Yeah. Where is this coming from? And you have to really go back and realize like where it come from because everything comes from something. Yeah. You yeah. got to sit still long enough to figure it out. And that's mm -hmm. where people like you come that is able mm -hmm. to help a person that's divorced and say, yes. hey, these are the steps and they, let's talk about the seven steps to self-love. I know you have a step system. So, yeah. So, so it's not necessarily consecutive steps, but these are seven things that help you build that self-love and self-worth. Um, so first of all is being honest with yourself, questioning yourself, right? Really? What do I need? Like, do I like this? Why am I doing this? Am I doing this for me or am I doing this for somebody else? Really mm -hmm. being honest with yourself is a huge part of getting to know yourself and getting to love yourself. And mm -hmm. another one, so, so getting to know yourself and part of that is that ex exploration, kind of like Carla was saying, you have to just explore, discover, try different things because when you're coming, especially if you're coming out of a long-term relationship, you do kind of lose part of your identity, right? Because your identity was, was being married and was in that relationship. Mm -hmm. So you really have to just try different things and find the things that you like to help you get to know yourself or questioning your beliefs, questioning your values. Is it yours or did that come from your parents? Did they instill that in you and it's actually not even yours? You're just thinking that it's yours because they told you that that's what it should be. Right? Like asking you all those questions. Yep. Boundary setting, huge part of self-love. We kind of hit on that earlier, like people pleasing. Um, saying no when you have to say no or when you right like if you really don't want to go to that party it's okay to say no like that yeah. it's it's a it's a way to set boundaries is expressing things so you're not pleasing others and a good a good tip for that is is really questioning your intention of why you make the choices like why you say yes or why you say no is it because you'll feel guilty if you don't that's not a good reason to do it then Right. Am I saying yes, I'll do this thing because if I don't, I'll just feel guilty. 
then that's not a good reason. And that's also tied to really being honest with yourself, asking yourself those hard questions, right? Um, Trying not to compare yourself to others. We touched on that too. Being Mm -hmm. so careful about the social media, being careful about even other relationships, um, just being really mindful of who you're comparing yourself to because we're all really on our own journey. Like I am Mm -hmm. not you, you are not me, I am not Carla, right? Like we're our own people. We like certain things. We want certain things. We need certain things. So you have to make choices for you. That's how you really stay true to yourself and and build your self-worth and self-love. Self-forgiveness, forgiving yourself. You know, we're we're our hardest critics sometimes where we could be so hard on ourselves, but so loving and compassionate and forgiving of others, right? It's like crazy. Like we're, we're so quick to say, to to forgive others, but we're so hard on ourselves. And so forgiving yourself for your past mistakes, forgiving yourself for not knowing any better. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you have to learn things the hard way, but just realize that you did the best that you could with what you knew at the time or with who you were at the time. And forgiving yourself is such a huge part of loving yourself, creating that space for you to make mistakes, letting Mm -hmm. go of the idea of perfection. It's not going to happen. It's not even possible. Um, uh, another thing is write down your successes. That's a great way to, to love, to learn how to love yourself is really taking the time to acknowledge big or small your wins. Like how, mm-hmm. what were your wins today or this week or this month or this year, mm-hmm. write down your successes, pay attention to those that really helps build your self-confidence. Um, and then the, uh, the last one is feeling your feelings. We, you know, it's so tempting to run away from those uncomfortable feelings, ignoring them, shoving them down, grabbing a, a cocktail instead, right? Because it makes you feel better. But one of the best things that you can do to, to love yourself is let yourself go through those uncomfortable feelings, feel them, process them in a healthy way. Because if you don't, they're not going to go away. You're nope. just dragging them with you further and further. And they're then they're going to come out in really inopportune times, right? So letting yourself feel those uncomfortable emotions, whether that's grief or anger or sadness or whatever it is, but really just not denying them, not denying yourself mm-hmm. of that part of the process. Those are all really huge things to help you love yourself. Mm. Oh, that that's that last one yeah i had to and i'm still working on that like if i feel a certain way if i think it's not right sometimes i go oh i shouldn't be feeling that way and i kind of just kind of cover it up but now i'm yeah. like well, okay let me just sit in this for a second because i yes. think what i do is make the monster bigger if i annoy but if i mm-hmm. yes what i feel kind of angry about that i was a little upset about that or that really triggered me you know and then when i say it it kind of kind of calms it down Mm-hmm. Yes. because yeah. of me because I, I know where it's coming from. So I know why I was triggered. And I actually had a conversation with someone and he, he had brought it up. He said, I think that it triggered you like something that happened in our past. And I said, you know what? You're right. It did trigger me. Mm-hmm. It, did, it did trigger me. Instead of me going, what you talking about trying to deny it? I was like, you know what? You're right. It did trigger me. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. that still obviously is a problem with me because I thought I got over it, but I did. Right. And, but then that's a great learning opportunity, right? So it's like when you're honest with yourself and you can create that space for those things to come up, that gives you a chance to heal. If you're not acknowledging them, then they're still there. They're not going to go away. And yeah, like when you kind of name them the monster, it loses its strength. It really starts to diminish because you're you're saying okay well here you are let's talk about it let's feel it let's look at this let's dive in a little bit deeper yeah yeah you know and i always use the um eight mile movie that um mm movie yeah scene of the movie is really deep i never really thought about until after i went through my work and i said you know what he he had it right back then if you Mm -hmm. rip out everything you take the air out the balloon and you go past the mic at the man. Okay, now tell them something they don't know about me. Right. And then he, he sat there and dropped the mic because right. he, he had nothing to say because he told on his own self. Yeah. So a lot of times that we can just say, you know what? I have validation issues. I have low self-esteem. I have this. I have that. I'm a people pleaser. I'm this and that. And when you say it, it's a wrap. What people yeah. want to say? Oh, she's a people pleaser. I already said that. 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, so yes. it's kind of like you just admit what you are and say, look, I'm recovering this person. I'm recovering validation issue for issue. Whatever it is, I'm working on it. You, yes. you, take, you take the air out of it. And then on top of that, the other people, they have stuff too. Mm-hmm. Have, oh, right. Yeah. Well, there, there's not a That's single person walking around on this planet that doesn't have something that they maybe didn't heal or didn't acknowledge or are still working on, right? We're all a work in progress. We will forever be. I mean, no matter how many years I'm studying all this self-help stuff, I don't ever wake up and go, oh, I'm done now. I got it. <laughs> like that doesn't happen. It's never going to happen. It's all, you're right. always working and growing and evolving. Yep, and it took, literally take your last breath. You're always learning. It's nothing. Yes, it's gonna be like that continuously. And when you yes. get that in your head, you're not mm-hmm. that perfection thing goes out the window because you know that you're not gonna be perfect. Mm-hmm. And who's perfect? Because there's no rule that says that this particular person is perfect. Like they have this one person in this world that so you gotta follow that person. That's the one that's perfect. Like nobody is perfect. Yeah. So just live the best life you could live. And I, like the best advice that you gave Leah is service. When yeah, going through the worst pain, the best remedy is to serve others. That yep. is the best remedy that will help you get through anything death, mm-hmm. divorce, loss, anything, anything mm-hmm. in, your, in your life. I guarantee you that next morning, if you get up and do it, like Leah said, and find something a food bank or homeless mm-hmm. shelter, go help someone else, and you'll feel yeah. better. A lot of us are into ourselves too much. Yeah, we are too busy in our own lives that we mm-hmm. don't go out and go you know what my life is not that bad it's not that yeah. bad no, it makes you coming from. And it, it makes you even more grateful and which yeah. is the, the, in which you can you know the gratitude thing is the is the life force of everything yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, right it, it really is so that's why you said that about you know helping others and not concentrating mm-hmm. seek you know giving to other people and that just puts mm-hmm. you in a mindset like like you said mm-hmm. it, you know, my love life is nothing compared to what these people are going through. People don't have exactly, you yeah. know, right? Yeah, starts the ball, right? Of recovery, right. because right. now you're picking it off of you and you're thinking about somebody else, and you're going to meet mm-hmm. it's divine order the way things work. You always meet someone that's going to give you some wisdom, like it's going to be this oh, yeah. person you're never going to think none of, and they're going to say something to you, going to make you go, you know what? Tag, I feel stupid, man. I was worrying about all this, and nothing <laughs> compared to what this man just told me today, right? It's, it has to work that way. There's no way. I don't think that you can even get past anything unless you help somebody else. Because mm-hmm. that's what you said, Lee. You first started at you went you went to a bank, right? I went downtown, yep, to a food shelter, and um, yeah, that was a huge part of it. Or kind of like you're seeing, Carla. It's just it helps cultivate gratitude. Not mm-hmm. only does helping others just make you feel good, but it puts things in perspective. Instead of looking at everything you're losing or all of the lack it shifts your mindset to abundance, to looking at all of the things that you still have that you're so grateful for. Um, you know, I I don't know where you you girls are located. I'm in New York. I'm in uh, Buffalo, New York. Okay. We had, where are you? Where are you guys? Well, I'm, I'm in North Carolina, Carolina now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Carla too? Georgia. Um, Georgia, okay. So no, we're both New from York. Jersey though. We're both Jersey girls. Yeah. Oh, okay. New I was in Persephone for a yeah. little while. Nice. <laughs> So it was last year in New York, we had a terrible windstorm um, and it knocked over um, like lights and power lines and all kinds of things. And it was in winter. And so it was, it was very cold outside. And for 24 hours, we had no power. So it, it was like 50 something degrees inside our house. We were walking around with like blankets and like coats on and all kinds of stuff. And in that 24 hours, it just shifted everything for me again. Right. It's like you, then you wake up the next morning and your heat's back on and you can turn the lights on and you can use your refrigerator. These are, these are things that everybody has, right. That we take for granted. Like if you're going through a divorce, yes, you're thinking about the things that are changing and the things that you're losing, but man, like, do you have heat in your house? You're blessed. Do you have food mm-hmm. in your refrigerator? Are you driving your car to work? Do you have the money mm-hmm. to put gas in your car? Like there's yeah. so many things that we just take for granted. And when mm-hmm. you can shift your perspective to that gratitude of like all of these blessings that we still have and the things that we can be grateful for, mm-hmm. it completely changes the way you feel. You mm-hmm. feel more abundant. You feel more full. That's true. And that's, that's the foundation true. of recovery. 
Yep. That's the foundation. When you get that down packed, the other stuff going to see so many new. It's going to be like this. I'm telling yep. you. Yeah. And that brings yeah. your frequency up. It does. Yes. And that's how you manifest everything, right? Like yep. when you're focusing on what you're grateful for and all of your blessings, guess what the universe is yep. going to do? <laughs> more yep. and more stuff to be grateful for and, and, and more blessings. That's really how it works. It's all about where are you at energetically, right. what, you know, and, and you have date at that same level. That's and you have to right. be careful too, because when I had, when I got divorced, you know, the first thing is we tell people, cause I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to tell a bunch of people because it's like, Oh, you divorced. Are you okay? Is everything? I'm like, yeah, we good. Like we, we didn't have no argument. We agreed. We had an exit plan. We told the kid, like, we did not have that arguing thing. Like we was like, okay, goodbye. And you know, we gave each other a hug. He's like, you know, wish you well, you know, but people expect when you get divorced, it comes with drama and, and arguments and, they like, you know, oh, y'all okay? Y'all arguing? I'm like, no, we're not arguing. Like, why do you assume that we're going to be arguing? I got so frustrated more of the responses that people gave me than anything. Because it was like, we got along. And they, they wanted well, you not. Gina, you're an outlier, okay? <laughs> because most divorces end in, in drama, most. You're just an exception. Yeah, I guess. But I guess, because yeah, I was like, why is everybody doing that? Like, I was like, stop it. Like, I got so frustrated about that. But yeah, yeah. kind of like, you know, oh, no, we, we, we okay. Okay. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. That is great. I mean, yeah. of course, we got divorced. Obviously, that we didn't, we wasn't working out to be married. Obviously, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like you know, Kramer versus Kramer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I went on that one, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah. Meryl Street. That's Meryl Street, right? Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's true, and that's wonderful because that that makes it so much less stressful. One of the things that makes a divorce so stressful is is that animosity right like that that mm -hmm. battling back and forth or being scared like what are they gonna do are they gonna take my kids like there's a lot that goes into it mm -hmm. so when you can go through an amicable divorce divorce man that is yes. just so Amazing. nice and that that was my with my luckily both of my divorces were the same way um we just agreed to everything you know i submitted it to the lawyer she sent us back the papers boom we were done and it was it was nice it was still a divorce is still very stressful but if we were just battling each other i, I mean oh my god some of the stories i hear i mean there's people who who their divorce lasted seven years and over a hundred thousand dollars right like so much money so much stress it takes so long it takes so much energy out of you it could really be a nightmare so when mm -hmm. you can get out of a divorce and keep things amicable you're one of the lucky ones Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but it's a divorce still. You still got to go through yes. stuff. Really. If you could just yes. not see that out, that's good. Carl, I think we have uh, one more comment, and then we'll get ready to close up soon. Okay, that is from Sharice Canton. She said, "That's right." She said, "Because that is why this is that is what we are used to hearing. We don't hear enough that divorce can be without drama." Yeah. Yes, yeah. we can. And you can be better, even have a better relationship afterwards. That was my experience with, so with my mm -hmm. first husband, I, we had one daughter and mm -hmm. honestly, we get along better now that we're not married because mm -hmm. we don't have to agree on everything. We don't have to be a team in order to accomplish things, right? We can be separate and still respect each other and still co-parent. Mm -hmm. And it's a better relationship now that we're not yeah. married to each other. Yeah, right. definitely, right. definitely. Well, I mean, like I said, everybody got something. Oh, no, I was saying that that was just wasn't my experience. But we didn't have any kids, so it was a clean break. And I was like, I'm done. Let's just get this done. I'm the one enjoying the paperwork, and because in Georgia it's different. You can you can file with the county and set up a, a, a court date and all that stuff. And yeah, I was done. I was I didn't want yeah. anything. I I'm like, you know, we met up and at, at a restaurant. I was like, yeah, sign here. Uh, initial right yeah i was like good for you so, and, yeah especially with a narcissist that's great to be able to just be like i'm not like done i don't ever have to, to like talk to you again yeah yeah and he was surprised he was like you don't know there's nothing to talk about with it's so i didn't have any ties so that's a different thing so yeah that's true too know. but so even though it wasn't the best but you had a clean the clean break though yep it's yep. a whole nother a whole nother monster that's the yeah, whole uh -huh. nother thing yep exactly yeah so that's good mm -hmm. So I would like to thank you, Leah. We're going to do a couple things before we end. And then sometimes some questions come in, so we'll answer those. But okay. um, I just wanted to um, hold on here. 
I want to let you know of our sponsorship. So we are asking if you're interested in sponsoring on this show, Let's Talk 1943 is only $15 per show. And we will do what we're doing right now. We'll show your media flyer. We'll talk about your business and we'll hopefully get you some new clients or um, new customers. So if you're interested and you see right here, you can reach us as let's, let's talk 1943 at gmail.com or my website, www.letstalk1943.com. And we will get back to you as soon as possible. And um, next is... Uh, hold on. And our sponsor for today is Legacy. And it's a store in New Jersey, but they do ship to you. They have a lot of sporting. They have things for women, for men, hoodies, sweatshirts, shirts, oils, um, everything you need uh, for uh, wintertime, fall coming, hoodie season coming back. So they have a lot of hoodies and stuff. And I actually have this outfit right here, and it's thebomb.com. I love it. Um, so if you are interested, you can contact um, Chris Nobles at this information here on the flyer and he'll be able, and he's on IG. So you look up at Legacy on IG and if you like something on his page and he'll be able to contact you and ship right direct to you. So that is our sponsor for this evening. All right. So we are back. So um, we are actually on podcast as well. So on Anchor FM, Let's Talk 1943, please join us on there. I always put our episodes on there as well as my new Freedom Friday um, segments I do every Friday. And our next show is going to be on, I think we have a holiday coming up too soon. And somebody be celebrating birthday coming up soon, Miss Carla Morgan. And next week. <laughs> Yeah. Um, our next show will be on September 11th and it's going to be called Where Is My Boaz? So that's going to be an interesting show. <laughs> so we're going to have some people talking about their, their beliefs about that and what do they think and you know how they feel it's ever going to happen. Uh, you know, after you get 40 and 50, a lot of people start thinking like, is it ever going to happen? Am I ever going to get that man in my life so we're going to actually be talking about divorce now and we're going to talk about getting a husband on the next one so we're going to- <laughs> <laughs> that's divorce that you want to get remarried so we're going to be talking about that as well um so before we leave today i would like to give the platform to leah do you have any last words to tell our audience today you were wonderful thank you so much thank you so much oh, thanks so much for having me um if if you're interested in learning a little bit more about one-on-one coaching if that sounds like something that would be a good fit for you you can just go to mindfullyready.com and you could do a free consultation we'll hop on the call and talk a little bit more about what's going on and, and see if that's the right fit for you uh, you can also join a judgment-free community of women who are recovering from divorce in my private Facebook group, Divorced and Empowered, um, because you're not alone. So you don't have to feel isolated. You can connect with other women who can give you support and guidance. So you can come on over there too. Yeah. And as a divorcee and, you know, and it's so funny because I've been divorced for so long, I, even on applications now, I just been single. I don't I put single divorce. right off the bat. I don't. Yeah, I don't even claim to define me. That was then, you know. Yeah. I, I don't I wonder why they do that. Like, why they differentiate yeah. between single and divorced? Like, yeah, that's a good question. Right. Like, why does that matter? Yeah. 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 I think that they do it for reasons of their own. You know what I'm saying? Like they categorize it for some reason. something. Yeah, I think that, or even for um, commercialization, or for um, we call it again, for um, for advertising, You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they try yeah. to figure out what you or what, what, what would divorce? Because you know, they have this thing like divorce women like this. Divorce women will more likely buy that. Divorce right. Women, it's like, dude, I've been divorced over a decade. Like, I don't even claim this. So I, you know, my mother's called me single and i'm i, I don't understand it, actually i had to learn that remember that show we did um it was a show we did last year mm-hmm. and one of the, our, our guests had said that to us it was like you know you why are you claiming that you shouldn't claim right. like you're not divorced no more you were divorced you're now single yeah yeah they made a lot of yeah. sense so i was like you know what i'm not claiming that that's right <laughs> it was too long ago so but yes, yeah, so, um, we do have one more comment that came through and then we'll go ahead and close out. Um, that is from Cherise Canton. She says, love the conversation. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. I'm glad you sticked on and watched. And 
I'm going to definitely work on that for the younger people because I think that what Leah talked about today and um, just telling people before so they won't go through this later Mm -hmm. just to have that say, you know, let's find out who you are first so maybe you will never have to experience what we three had to experience because we went through traumas Mm -hmm. and maybe if you go through your trauma and get help now and Mm -hmm. Leah, do you talk to people like that, like younger people to give them this advice as well? They don't have to be a divorced person, do they? Yeah, no, definitely not. I'm I'm definitely open to sharing my experiences and all the lessons I had to learn the hard way and saying, listen, right? Like you can avoid doing these things if you do so and so. So I definitely think that um any healing, any any way of getting to know yourself more deeply and understanding yourself, uh, it's only going to help, right? Like take the time to figure out how to make yourself happy and whole and healthy and feeling good on your own and if you do it want to get into a relationship that is the best place that you can be in to mm-hmm. find your ideal partner and to really have a healthy relationship because even if you if you're with someone it still will forever be your responsibility to make yourself happy it's not your spouse's job to fulfill you or to make you happy you still have to know how to do that for yourself there you go then that's a good ending right there know yourself know that you have to make your own self happy that person is a compliment to you it's not who it's not making you that person yes. supposed to supplement you and you're mm-hmm. supposed to already be your who you are and be your own and yes. if he doesn't see that and he don't expect you to be that then you don't need to be with him either because that's gonna be an issue controlling mm-hmm. it's gonna be a major issue later down it looks cute at first he, he, he like you know <laughs> it's cute at first but it gets old really quick when you're not now you can't even go no place because he ain't letting you go nowhere i'm telling you it goes right. downhill quick after you get married so be careful with that stuff don't think it's cute you want mm-hmm. someone who's going to appreciate you and value you and let you be your own person and let they let you grow and blossom and and change and change and all that good stuff yes. so mm-hmm. but so all right well this has been a great show i we could definitely have you back again because this has been a good because we talked about not just divorce but to try to avoid it learn who you are get into it after you get out of it what do we went through the whole little uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll definitely have you back again so i really appreciate it so just hold on for a second after you're done Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. Let's Talk 1943. I'm Regina Smith, your host. We have Carla Morgan, my co-host, and, of course, Leah as our guest today. Um, We'll be back in two weeks. But until then, God bless. We love you. Take care.